Good morning. Thank you. How's everybody doing? We're doing well. It's uh, Thanksgiving is this week. That's a lot. It feels fast this year for some reason, uh, but I hope you guys are well on your way to planning the kind of foods you'll eat and the kind of naps you'll take. This is like the, especially depending on where you land, there's people that have thought ahead and have already identified the places in the home you'll be where they're going to nap. And so my recommendation is get there early, put your name on it, uh, preferably in Sharpie. It doesn't matter, just sit like in a, on the couch, just put your name in Sharpie and be like, this is my nap. No, I say that, but okay, this is a completely unrelated, but uh, there was a, a period of time in my life where I was connected with my siblings more closely and in one of those periods something was going on and for some reason it was a birthday or something and people started talking about what happens when mom and dad are gone who gets what and when there's six of you everything's a competition and while we were all talking about it one of my brothers went around and and put in sharpie his name on things so like this rocking chair that's been in our family for like a thousand years or something. It's got his name scrawled in it in Sharpie underneath. Uh, it worked. It's his apparently. It's names on it. It's unrelated. This is welcome to my mind. Hope you enjoyed the ride. We are. We were been talking about belong over the last several re weeks, and as we come to the Advent season. Uh, we'll be shifting in, in Advent this year. We're going to be talking about home. And so this week, we're going to sort of begin, the next two weeks, we're going to begin to set up that conversation about home through the Advent season. And so today, we'll be in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 14, if you'd like to get there. And I'll start off, off in prayer in one minute. I, I just want you to put something on your calendars. December 16th is going to be a, a party here for everyone. If you were here last year, uh, there was some surprises, thanks to Justin Graves, who provided packing peanuts, and we, it was amazing. We won't be doing that again. It was great once, the cleanup was in, impressively difficult, and, um, and there's questions about whether it's toxic or not. So one time is, is fine, but we will be having fun together, just, it's a, it's, we're providing a space for the kids to have fun, parents have go, have some good food, just have some space together in this busy season. So mark your calendars for December 16th in the evening, and we'll get you more information as it becomes available. Let's pray. Father, you're good, exceedingly good, and we thank you. We thank you for your word, which is alive and applicable to our lives today. We thank you for the incredible sacrifice that is your son and how through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, your word takes on a whole new life for us. And Holy Spirit, we recognize that you are here and we thank you. We're grateful for your presence. Speak to us today. Bring us words of comfort or conviction where it's needed. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. As we, over the last several weeks, looked at this concept of belong, what we were 
essentially looking at is what the kingdom of God looks like in our place in it. That we have this belonging to the kingdom of God uh, that is that harkens back and it moves uh, all the way back to the heart of the garden. The relationship that the creator desired with his creation, us. And it, it looks at how that part of the creator and the desired communion and connection was disturbed and how in the coming of Jesus in his life and death and resurrection, he provides us a new way to have more of the original garden intent today as we point to a future of eternity with the creator. In some ways, it is a connection from this ancient future this future life that we are going to have in eternity itself that is so, and the connection of that, how it gives color to our everyday today. How bits and pieces of the city to come flood in that remind us of the original intent of the garden and provides us a space of belonging where nothing else quite makes sense. But today we're going to look at some of the realities of what, Jesus's arrival on the scene actually meant for people. And so in John 1.14, it says this. It says, The word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. In the message, it says it this way, the the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out. It announces that where he is, is home. It's a very powerful statement. You got to remember, there is a transient reality to the people of God. They are, at best, sojourners. They are traveling from place to place, from captivity to freedom, from this place to that place, from here's where our roots are, but we can't live there, but we will live there. But everywhere they went, there was the tabernacle which is the center. And if they have a temple, then the tabernacle is in the temple. And, but they are moving everywhere. And the other reality is that their eyes are, are always looking at the future. There's a future promise. There's a promise of a place to all ours. There's of a return to more of the garden than they've experienced since the garden. So their eyes are always looking forward. It is this insatiable future promise that has them looking at the sky for signs. Has them looking at the prophets and prophecy. It looks at angels that speak. It's like anything that will tell us when we are close enough to begin to really hope for a different reality. It's like out there, but as... It, but the stick is attached to my neck, and it's the, it's the whole deal. It just seems so far away, yet so close. 
And Jesus comes, and all of a sudden, this future thoughtfulness of hope and that there's a home to come and there's a place of belonging and there will be freedom finally and we'll have justice and we'll have all the things in this shifts to the present reality you're just in in this said i am and wherever i am present is home Where home is, is hope and grace and truth and peace now. Jesus comes and he doesn't say, the future is here. He's ever is home. Am is home. And I came and moved into the neighborhood. In other places, it'll say dwell amongst you. In other places, it says the tabernacle. And some theologians say pitched his tent. He's like made a permanent move to here, to present, to with us. The theologian Kenneth Gangle says it this way. Notice his glory, God became truth. God literally tabernacled amongst us. Remember, the tabernacle is the center of the camp. It represents the place of law, the abode of God, the source of revelation, the site of sacrifice, and the focus of worship. And now, in this new covenant, Jesus provides all of these. Where Jesus is, is home. And where home is, Jesus, in his coming to earth and saying he makes home here, he's redefining home. I was listening to a, a podcast recently that was talking about sort of the isolation that people feel and the general loneliness that the world is speaking of. It's, it, the irony of ironies is that we are more connected than we've ever been. I mean, you can find people that like like one specific thing you like and you think you're the only one and then you'll find that, like somebody here and they find a dispenser. And you now you've got community around whatever this thing was. And yet we're lonelier than we've ever been. We're more connected, yet more lonely. And in this podcast, one of the people was talking about that we live with a homesickness that actually is unresolvable outside of Jesus and fully resolvable in eternity with God. And he contends that that homesickness comes from the garden. That it's part of what is they had this communion with God, where they walked with God, where they were in relationship with the creator, where they had a secure attachment, where they were seen and not observed, where they could go around and work and put their hands to the task that they had to co-create with the creator, to explore with curiosity all that the creator had made. And that in the moving from that, outside of that relationship 
in the same way a homesickness was birthed that is passed down generation to generation to generation. Home is. It says, and I am with you. I find it unbelievably compelling. Because the realities of the modern life is that many of us find ourselves in places that are not home. And even those of us that are home find ourselves often feeling like, I'm pretty sure I was like adopted or fit in this And we chase this feeling of belonging. We chase home. We chase home whether it be a physical place. Like if I can just get back to, like when I was seven years old, I lived in this place and that felt the best. And then we go and we move our whole lives and we go back there and it's like, no, that's not it. If I could just be with this person, my grandmother saw me in a way. It's like, okay, but it, it never quite hit. And it's because home is where Jesus is. He made home. That's where our with us. Jesus, it becomes hopeful to look at my feet instead of to constantly look to the future for hope. It's a comfort to say that there is an ancient future. There is the garden and there is the city of forever with the living God. And I'm in the in-between. And I don't have to spend all of my time yearning for something that was or distract me today. Hope and know that that is what will be that I can home is. I can... Be present to the ground I'm standing on, to the realities of my life today, whether they align to my desires or not, and know that I am home because Jesus made his home here with us. Small things, seemingly. This is one verse of a lot. And we could dissect the verse and talk about what the word means and logos and everything. But that Jesus came and he pitched a tent. He said, here's where I'm going to be. He moved into the neighborhood. And he didn't, like, go to the temple and said, here's where I am. And now he said, no, wherever you go, I'm taking the temple with me. The realities of the temple, the center of culture and truth and the law and the presence of God and all that it. Of all the ways that Jesus could show up, this feels like the least efficient way. Am I, I mean, does it not seem really inefficient? Wouldn't it have been made more sense if Jesus said, here's where I am. 
and anybody who wants home comes to where I am. No, he says, wherever you are, I am. Wherever I am, home is. Henry Nouwen wrote, has a, this is a little book, it's a spiritual of home, a spirituality of home. Grab this if you, this book up here, read, uh, and, to, and then to like knock off. We're getting to the end of the year, and some of you guys had like books that you, a number of books. This one's great. I mean, this is like a, an hour if you read slow, and, and then you can say like, yep, read another book. Here we go. But he speaks to this, and he says, Jesus is the host who wants to gather us around the table. The good shepherd who invites his people to a table where the cup is overflowing. This is not stern, harsh, Lord, but the Lamb of God who says, come into my home. We can read the whole Bible with days of our life as continually. 27. The Lord wants to be our home. That is why John says that the word became flesh and pitched a tent among us. God built a home among us so we could see how much God wants us to be at home with God. Come and see. John's gospel develops this image, and so we find Jesus saying, Make your home in me, as I have made my home in you. This is John 15, 4. Jesus came to make us into his home and to invite us to dwell in his house. Suddenly, we are God's home. Biblical images of that we are come together and we are home where God has made God's own home. Our bodies, our hands, our face, our heart are becoming the place where we and God can dwell together in freedom. Home is wherever Jesus is. And he pitched his tent with us. He made the, the ground you stand on home. With all of the, all that put in place for you to, to make sure you really belong, Jesus says, wherever your feet are is home because it's where I am. It gives color to the now and the in-between of the realities of the ancient in the garden and the ancient future of the city to come. It gives color and life to the now of it all. It doesn't take away the yearning and the homesickness that lives in satiety and will for the forever. The homesickness that satiate does say you don't have all that you are longing for but you have more than you could ever hope for or imagine or need to belong in a world that is decidedly divided it would be great if it was just like two sections you know like, you know, if it was that play where it's like, like two gangs and they fight awesome. Just whoever had the best dance moves wins. Like, but it's not divided into, it's splintered in innumerable ways. 
is hard to define unless we define it where Jesus is. The joy of this is that wherever we are, home is. It means that the invitation that we can extend to others is exactly that. Because I'm great, it's because Jesus is here. And if your feet move this way and you recognize that Jesus is there, that's home. It means that in the loneliest places of our lives or the most connected places of our history, home is there because Jesus is close. Home is wherever Jesus is. Breathing that sort of hits us in different ways at different times. Have you guys had that experience where you read something and it hits you and you're, you, you meditate on scripture and it's like, wow. And then later on you run across the same verses and they hit you completely differently. I, I experience that all the time. And part of it is because it's living and breathing. And other reasons is because I forget. Like, I just like, you know, this is why people say to journal so you remember. But, like, if you don't, then you're like, wow, this is, like, the first time. It's like, no, actually, this is, like, the fifth time. Uh, you're just to move through scriptures. That is that we miss the small truths that transform everything. And if we sit for a second in this verse, in this one phrase, it transforms everything. The word became flesh and made his home among us. The same word created the heavens and created life as we know it. The same word that created humanity. The same word that created the garden as a space of communion between the creator and the creation. The same word that spoke life in the very lungs of creation that gave space, partner for caring for the God, to explore with seeing partner in a soul, the heart of the creator every moment, every day, every year. The same word that walked in the cool of the evening to have a conversation with the creation, knowing everything that happened, but intently listening and communing to see their perspective of it. It gave value to their experience. Put on a flesh sack became human and made this home.
so that you, that I, might have a sense of belonging that we have not had and that we yearn for. That you and I might have a place of secure attachment to the creator that gives us the confidence to with great sacred curiosity explore the creation and co-labor with the creator. God is at work and how the kingdom is breaking in in small and big events around us. To invite others to a place of belonging and home. That word made its home with us. Holy Spirit, this is a incredibly speak to us right now. Let's just pray for those of you that have a feeling of orphanage, like that you've like you're orphans, that you don't fit, that things don't work, that the Holy Spirit just come in a way that is profoundly simple and kind and embrace. For those of you whose eyes are everywhere looking for where home is, would Holy Spirit allow them to see their feet and recognize that Jesus is there and that it's home. And for those that are completely secure in their relationship with you, bring a reminder of why they're secure because you are there where they are. And we're going to wait and just sit for a minute. The word became flesh and made his home among us. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The word God became human through among us. 
Jesus came to make future promises present reality. Took our eyes from being solely focused on the potential of what could come to the realities of what is. The gift of saying, there is more to come, but as you wait, look at your feet. That's where Jesus is. And that's where home on for the ancient future dream for bigger things and more of the kingdom. But as you do it, look at your feet. That's where Jesus is. That's where home is. realities of the garden, the hope of the city, and the in-between we find ourselves in. Home gives color to everything. Home not only satiates purpose, desire, joy to the now, creates a safe place for us to be present to our emotions, and yet not overcome by them. It gives us a place to hope for more and be completely satisfied with the presence of Jesus now. It brings places of healing where it's needed and life and hope and strength for what is this and with us is that wherever we go, Jesus is there. So wherever we go, we are home. In the world we live in, the gift of home being where our feet are is immeasurably beautiful. It is impossible to calculate the impact that has on our soul. And to the one that is present with us. To be hopeful because we are home. To have joy in the midst of whatever because we are home. To live out of a secure connection to the creator because we are home. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We'll around bond and worry. If you would like prayer uh, and you don't want to go anywhere, just put a hand up and somebody... We'll come pray with you. If you want prayer and want to be over on the sides, we're here. But I'm going to share the, some of the things we believe the Holy Spirit was up to today. Um, but we're just going to take some time. And you don't got to do anything. You can just look at, at your feet if you want. Even if your shoes are dirty. It doesn't matter. We're just going to take some time in acknowledgement that we don't got to run anywhere. Where we are, home. 
And so we're going to be here. We're going to worship. If this is you, we'd love to pray with you. You can go to the side, put your hand up if you need to. Somebody will come pray with you. If you just want to sit, sit. If you want to take your shoes off because you're home, take your shoes off. You're home. Fine. But we're going to just be here for a couple minutes. If, you ha- if you're not connected to Jesus, if you feel sort of lost and you haven't said yes to the invitation of Jesus to make that your home, we invite you to do that today. What's going on? God sees you. He's not done yet. Somebody has lost a very close friend in some form or fashion. He has just left. It's like a gut punch. God sees you. He wants to touch you. If your life feels like just broken pieces scattered everywhere, God is all about putting those back together and bringing shalom for you. And that there's an invitation to take refuge in God. And it's from Psalm 34, 8. It says, taste and pain. Somebody's dealing with some back pain and somebody's got an issue with the sciatica that just won't go away. God wants to touch you today and we'd like to pray with you. But Holy Spirit, we recognize you're here. Jesus, we know this is home because you made your home amongst us. And so we're going to take the time and we're going to be here. Visit us in ways that are meaningful to us individually, but that animate us towards faith, hope, and love.